We are uh, calling to order the open session. Could we take the roll, please? Trustee Zorthian? Here. Trustee DeVries? Here. Trustee Hernandez? Here. Trustee Jensen? Here. Trustee Lawrence? Here. We have a quorum. <coughs> Thank you. Uh, and now we will go into closed session. So anyone? For the purpose of considering the um, credentialing reports from each of the medical staff. Thank you. And so anyone who is not going to be here for closed session, we will let you know when we're finished. Uh, let's call open session back into order. And um, we will, looking at the consent agenda, the um, approval of the minutes. And we can do them all together. Approval of the policies. Any? Um, approval. All right. And, and second. Second. Those in favor? Uh, I, and, or, you're doing everything or can... No, I guess we can... Well, I mean, I'm happy with that. I just need to ask a question. Yes, sorry. Are there any questions? Is, is there a common term for a common uh, use of the eminent, the term eminent dying? What, what, what does eminent mean? I mean, is there, is there a specific day, time, you know? What does that mean? I think it means within the next few hours. But um, I don't know that there's an actual definition. And obviously, we can be wrong. So, but we kind of clinically think mm, it's kind of proceeding in a way that looks like this person is dying sometime soon. But I don't know. Do you know if there's a definition? No, but, uh, the, the for, as you know, I mean, for uh, end of life care and palliative care. Uh, for terminally illness, it, it's death within six months, but imminent death, as you're stating, is within hours. It could be within a day or two. They, they use some phrases in here like three days, and, and I thought, in my mind, three days is not, I guess it could be imminent. That's what prompted the question. I mean, yeah. if yeah. someone is in the hospital for three days going through, a, is, is that imminent or... I just wondering, is there a common There probably is in the palliative care um, domain, you know, in that specialty. They, I'm sure they have developed kind of definitions, but I don't actually know. I mean, the, the, the problem is it's hard to predict, you know, when it is effective. So it, that's why it is left flexible in the language. At the same time, we want to ensure that the patient is not suffering. And it's always in the setting of we're not trying to prevent this imminent death. This is when we have all we're all on the same page. This person is dying, and that's the process. And we'll just try to make it as comfortable as possible. Not enough. It's. I mean, I. These are clinical things. I. You know, I try to understand. I just don't. <laughs> You know, uh, I, I see things in here that are in the policy that one would do for any patient, mm -hmm. not just the imminent dying. And so I'm trying to get my head around what is different with, in a policy relative to someone who is, their dying is imminent versus... So uh, we, we shift in terms of goals uh, in other words, in, uh, in terms of reversing the 
For example, let me just give an example. If the oxygen goes down on a patient who is eminently dying and expected to die, it's not as important to reverse it as more important to make the patient comfortable. So we don't intubate the patient. We don't put a tube and put the patient on machines. However, you know, if a patient is not in an imminent death and we're expecting this patient to survive, then we will go through the process of resuscitation or through the process of, of uh, intervention, more intervention. Just giving an example to clarify the language. Okay. I, I, I won't belabor it. I, 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 you know, we just read all of these policies, and they're so cumbersome. They're so cumbersome. So that's what and then I, <clears throat> I look to see, well, what is different in this policy that is so cumbersome? And I find that there are things in here that are exactly in a policy relative to patient care for someone who isn't eminent, <clears throat> whose dying isn't eminent. So how does one who is a practitioner, you know, a nurse or a technician or whatever, I mean, I just don't imagine they, that's all right. I, I, no, let me just, okay. uh, it's a very important point what you are raising. We don't want the policy to paralyze the critical thinking and making the right thing for the patient at the right time. So that's what Kinsey and myself, we are on the same page. We want people to use their common sense and critical thinking and not be tied up by a policy. So uh, this is really our general approach, is to really uh, make the policies as much as uh, needed. And we want to have more like guidelines and protocols and critical thinking uh, on the front line and engagement of the patient's family. That's, that's Okay. And, and of course, this has gone through everybody in the world, so I mean, the nurses and Everybody's seen it, so I just—I was just curious. I'm sorry to belabor. It's, it's an important it's a point. Question. It's a very good, very yeah. important question. It has certain things like, if the person ha doesn't have a DNR, let's make sure there is that they, we change right. what the, you know, once we've reached this phase, we all agree that this is the phase. And they're just slightly different ways of approaching the situation. I thought it was an interesting policy, and I frequently agree with you, why do we need a policy about this? This is just common sense. But, um, you know. Right, I mean, it, it, I noticed one of the things in here, and I actually pulled it too, it, it, what we're suggesting and, and instructing clinical staff, don't, don't encourage the person to eat if they don't want to eat. And I think that's kind of in opposition to what you might be doing if someone is not an imminent, um, yeah. imminently dying. You might want to be encouraging them to eat or to take nutrition, so or, or intubating them or giving them a feeding tube or something like that. So it's kind of those. But my question actually about this particular policy was, um, it, does it reference or is it related to the assisted um, assistance no. in dying? No, no, no. no. And, and it doesn't, it, yeah, so I mean, not that we want to say, oh, yeah, here, share this information, but whether it should ever Say, like when you talk about palliative care or hospice care, um, well, I just that any patient that would be actually covered by this policy is way past w taking advantage of the okay. of That's the other thing because they need to have two weeks and they need to have, you know, second opinions and all that other thing. I had one more question about the policy. Mm -hmm. Was the new policy on seclusion for violent behavior? Mm -hmm. Um, is this a 
it says it's a new policy. Have we never had any, we have similar policies for violent behavior or is this the first time we've ever had actually put into writing something about what happens if there's a, um, a patient no, we've always had policies about how to handle that sort of thing, but I, so, Kinsey, maybe, you know. There is, they revised that policy, I believe they do revise that policy, but we always had a policy for uh, management of patients that requires seclusions. They're so getting away seclusions as much as they can, as you know, in... Right. Um, in John George, because they're they're managing the behavior, they're managing the patient in total. So, um, but yes, that policy actually went through through the um, through behavioral um, the behavioral team, and they it, it's concise, it's it's it, and it's revised policy. Well, it says it's a new policy. That's yeah, why I asked. Tracy, it and says and it the replaces restraint. Seclusion. So I, I think because yeah, it just the, the because it's revised, it, it replaces the old okay. old policy. That was just my question. Yeah. Yeah. It used to be combined. Yeah. Restraint yeah. seclusion was one, and we split it. Okay. Thanks. How many policies are there? We actually have five thousand policies that we're working through to reduce them, <laughs> literally. But we're going like um, Kassan said to standards and protocols and guidelines. Eventually, we're going to get there. But it's going to take us time. I'm to just curious, do we ever uh, have an opportunity to present some of these to a community advisory group? The, the reason I ask is that I think um, we serve a really diverse population, and death in diverse cultures has really unique requirements around ceremony expectations of how to treat a person and I think the policy we have is very generic and it's very appropriate I don't have any problem with it but it would be important for us as we engage our community more to make sure that we um, talk about this difficult time in any family um, and know that uh, there may be very different beliefs about what to do with the and, and they take on very significant meaning at the end of all. Um, and I know that we're sensitive, we're very caring, and I'm sure we do our best to accommodate people's wishes, but it would be good to get that kind of input from our community. So just, again, very important points. I, 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 uh, after one month, I'll stop saying my previous job, but in the medical executive, in the medical executive six, the medical executive committee, we had a representative or the chair of the advisory board would sit with us. So uh, he will be aware of. Uh, so the I mean, we, this is something that we might consider uh, in order to let the community. I don't. I don't know if we have a community advisory board, but we might. We discussed it with the Vecchio and to have it in different hospitals and to meet with them as executive leadership team uh, on a frequent basis, like monthly or bi-monthly basis, and tell them you know what is going on and listen to them to see what they have and let them chair the the, the board in terms of community advisory board. Uh, in terms of. Uh, Policy as such, uh, I, I wasn't involved with the writing, but we uh, like to involve 
community uh, representatives mm -hmm. and especially also religious representatives mm -hmm. in the. Yeah, I think um, you probably don't need to ask the community about the phlebotomy stuff and all mm -hmm. that. But when it comes to major life events, I think birth, you know, death, um, even traumatic injury, beliefs about you know what to do to bring somebody back from unconsciousness to consciousness. I mean, there's so much literature about that. So there, there may be just a few of the 500 that I would try to really get some more awareness about and feedback. I appreciate that. Um, I think as we uh, move um, towards creating the infrastructure for population health and are doing sort of various efforts around health equity and outreach, that's some of the some of what you're articulating is a vision that we would have for that role to work with uh, community stakeholders. Not just I, I think I've said to you before we have um, um, particularly for the core now a patient and family advisory committee, but that's more like you know, the people who are uh, already engaged in our care. That's a good start, but. You're talking broadly, I think, for the community. We also um, uh, uh, have sort of inputs and injects, um, particularly to the point about trauma, uh, with uh, the county and with other sort of community-based uh, uh, organizations that are doing interventions in the you know the, the non-clinical setting, where where we're engaged in that dialogue as well, and it's around prevention, but also around intervention and and uh, response. So we kind of have some of those things in place, but as a robust program, we don't in this moment. Any more questions? All right, so the motion uh, has been made and seconded. All those in favor? Aye. Aye, Aye as well, so no one opposed. Uh, so the consent calendar is approved. Um, and we have the issue tracking, which Susanna tells me we will, the two open items will be reported on next month. And uh, are there any? Council. Yeah. So in the closed session, uh, the uh, <coughs> committee approved the uh, credential report from the medical staff. And it was the action All right. Do we have any public comment? No. None received. All right. We are adjourned for this very short meeting that turned into a regular meeting. And, um, <laughs> Did you see that? Yeah. And thank you for coming, and we will see you all next month.